close encounters of the third kind, actual contact. To me, it looked like a leprechaun to me. All I gotta do is look up in the tree. Who else in the leprechaun say yeah? yeah! The Sasquatch was approximately eight to ten feet tall. It looked very human-like, but it definitely wasn't a human. After seven years of research, I am more convinced than ever that the creature known as Nessie is a real, living animal. Others find it hard to believe and have come up with their own theories and explanations. Could be a crackhead that got hold to the wrong stuff. Welcome to Mysteriousnesses. Episode number 17, I'm your host John Jay, and with me, as always, the Lances, Lauren and Endless Mike, and Jared Walker is also in studio playing on his phone. In Hi. ghost form. We're all ghosts. Yeah. I'm not a ghost anymore. No, Jared came back from the dead. But uh, the Lances are ghosts now. There's by, a great By here. popular demand. I, I had to get these guys together to do a, a, an episode, so you guys had some new content, because we've all been super busy on the road, doing opera. Yeah, and it other has various been a things. Busy few weeks, hasn't it? I mean, not for me. Not for you. <laughs> yeah, for everyone but you. I've been, I've been taking a lot of naps. How many naps a day do you say you take? Uh, just one really big one. Just more, one. It's more like three a coma. A, it's more like going to bed. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's like, <laughs> I sleep at night for six hours, and then when I get home from work, I sleep six hours, <laughs> and then go back to sleep for six hours. We got a great show. Uh, science news. Uh, I wanted to share something positive. Uh, Donald Trump is saying he's pulling out of the uh, the uh, Paris Accords, the Paris Climate Accords, and that's kind of sad. But uh, but in Switzerland, a giant new machine is sucking carbon directly from the air. That's pretty what? awesome. Yeah. So this is just like I guess this is like an experimental thing. So well, that's uh, cool. The world's first commercial plant for capturing carbon dioxide directly from the air opened yesterday, refueling a debate about whether the technology can truly play a significant role in removing greenhouse gases already in the atmosphere. Well, I guess we'll never know unless we try. Yeah, yeah I mean, give it a shot, right? Yeah. That just sounds like the beginning of a sci-fi movie about to go wrong. Yeah, that's true. It does look like just a bunch of jet engines attached to yeah. each other. It does. Yeah. The moment they turned on the carbon-sucking machine, that's when the demon showed up. Yeah. <laughs> that's when it opened a portal to the great beyond uh the climbworks ag facility near zurich becomes the first ever to capture co2 at industrial scale from the air and sell it directly to a buyer oh developers say the plant will capture about 900 tons of co2 annually or the approximate level release from 200 cars nice and pipe the gas to help grow vegetables what? So that's a good thing, right? No, this is great. This is how... No, it's CO2. It's what plants crave. Yeah. yeah. This is how you yeah. do it. So everyone's scared of being green and all that shit. It's because there's no money attached to it. Oh, no, there's definitely sell money. Sell this shit. Find a way to sell this shit and we'll make it happen. This will. This is cool. I like it. Yeah. It's a highly scalable negative emission technologies are crucial if we are to stay below the two-degree target for the global temperature rise of the international community, said Christoph Gelbed, co-founder and managing director of Climeworks. Climeworks sounds a little too close to Climax for me. <laughs> that would actually be a better name. Oh, yeah. Climax. We will suck know, all the carbon out of like the air. sounds like one of those yes. companies that just, like, is actually the Illuminati. So there's a lot of skeptics for it. But uh, I say, why not give it a shot? If this guy thinks he can make money sucking carbon out of the air, why then not? Why not go for it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're why, like, okay, I'm skeptical about it. Let's see if it works. That's yeah. it. That's it. It's like, okay, like, you're you skeptical. You don't have to throw a fucking party about it. Just 
let's let's see what fucking happens. See if yeah if if you, I mean who cares if it's not that if effective? it's not that effective if you can make money at it. Well, it said in the article it would take about two hundred fifty thousand more of these plants to actually do the job. Okay. Uh, but that's like that, you, that's the entire job they're talking. Yeah, the about, entire like. fucking job. But really, on a global scale, that's not two hundred fifty thousand. Isn't that fucking? I mean, many. we built that many power plants since the industrial revolution. Yeah, so it's at least it's right? something we Probably could do easily. Yeah. It's not like it's fucking nuclear power or any of that shit. Like, I mean, like how many would you need to effectively clean the air in a city the size of, say, Tampa? Oh, I don't know. Oh, who knows? Five. Yeah, Jared says five, and he's probably right. Well, if it's about two hundred cars, maybe ten. Is there is there more than two hundred thousand? There's probably more than two hundred thousand yeah. cars. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, anyway, uh, on to something a little bit creepier. Scientists imbue robots with curiosity. Yep. Nope. Oh. That's a mistake. Yeah, that's that's the one thing you don't give them yeah. actually. Like what? I wonder what happens if I put this knife inside this human. <laughs> Why was I made to feel pain? Like <laughs> well, I mean, they're they're robots, so logically, the first thing they would do is just ask. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So instead of just stabbing, like I want to see what happens, they would be like, "What happens if I kill you?" It's like it's like that robot Rick made that just gives him the butter. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, Why? Why do I exist? To get the butter. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> In a twist on artificial intelligence, computer scientists have programmed machines to be curious, to explore their surroundings on their own, and to learn for the sake of learning. The new approach could allow robots to learn even faster than they can now. Someday they might even surpass human scientists in forming hypotheses and pushing the frontiers of what's known. And that's when we lose. Yep. And those, yeah, as soon as, they, as soon as they're smarter than us, they're going to go, oh, well, these guys are going to go extinct anyway. Like... I guess I'd prefer a society made of robots than humans. Yeah, you could. I mean, maybe we could all just join them. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I'm, what if they're? What if they're like? Uh, we just make them robot dogs. I for just, one want to like be us. the I first <laughs> to, welcome <laughs> to, to, to welcome our new robot overlords. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like they're just like oh these humans they're adorable let's just keep them as pets. Yeah. I'm fine with I being mean, a pet. I we mean, we're always saying how we wish we were a, just a cat or a dog. We'd have to do I mean, shit all I mean, technically, day. in the in the foregone era of like the you know the the future utopian society where everything is done by robots and we just live lives of leisures, we're basically robot Wait, pets. Wait, we all? Oh yeah. my god! Yes, that we is true. are. I mean, yeah. that is what was promised to us in the seventies. Yeah, like in the in Wall-E. That movie where, like, yeah, the robots humans. just took care of them on their cruise ship. Yeah, they were just basically lazy, f- obese house pets. Just sounds scooting around, me. getting treats. All right, yeah. let's do this. I mean, that sounds yeah. good. So I'm down with that. People were kind of people were kind of freaked out about that uh, scenario in Wally, and I was like, this seems pretty good. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> really everyone's chill. Yeah, everyone's got their own Lazy Boy, delicious uh, big gulp, unlimited yeah. uh, chili and cheese for yeah. any Seven Eleven they want. Fuck yeah, yes. cup of mashed potatoes. Yeah, you know? <laughs> Sound, that sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. that's a life. So uh, researchers tried their algorithm with a physical robot, a humanoid toy called Noah. In three separate tasks, the half-meter-tall machine earned points for hitting a symbol, for holding pink tape on its hand in front of its eyes, or for pressing a button on its foot. For each task, it had 200 steps to earn points, but first had 400 steps to explore, either randomly or using Texplore veneer. Uh, averaged over 13 trials with each of the two methods, Noah was better at finding the pink tape on its hand after exploring with the Templar uh, veneer than after exploring randomly. It pressed the button on the on seven of 13 trials after using Texplore veneer, but not at all after exploring randomly. So, 
the thing definitely learns what it's supposed to do way faster with this technology. Huh. Yeah. Sounds good. Then maybe Siri will actually fucking work if you ask it to tell you get you a movie pass. Yeah, she doesn't <laughs> yeah. give a shit about Siri, anything. Siri, buy me a movie pass. No. <laughs> no. I don't understand you. <laughs> or auto we can finally make autocorrect that doesn't autocorrect stupid shit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I swear to God, if it changes fucking to ducking one more time on my phone, I'm gonna be so mad. You're gonna lose it? Yeah, I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> Moving on to cryptozoology news, uh, Man claims grandma's home was damaged by Bigfoot. Oh, it's a trailer, so it probably is true. Yeah, it's true. Bigfoot does not like a trailer. <laughs> Bigfoot is offended by trailers. Uh, the man who didn't reveal his name told uh, David <laughs> Booger. <laughs> what? <laughs> I knew you guys were going to like this writer's name. The, the investigator no. in this particular uh, in this particular case <laughs> is named David Booger. Damn. I can I can what? only imagine the guy who didn't want his name put next to David Booger has an even worse name. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, David no, Donnie it's, shit. It's pronounced Bougar. 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 Yeah, it's, it's French. It's Davy Bougar. Okay. Uh, Donnie so Snot told David Booger. <laughs> so he told David Booger last Friday that the woman's house was located near Niagara and that two hairy creatures smashed it to pieces. The story, told uh, in some sort of legend-like narrative, but claimed by the man as real, purportedly took place in 1964, and that it all began with whistles. Here, booger! Here, booger, booger, booger! <laughs> the man reports uh, that the creatures were whistling at the, wim- uh, at the woman while she was working in her Are garden. Are you sure this just was to come with Italian construction workers? <laughs> no, this is out in the Pacific Northwest. So, at first, I-, I was caught by surprise, of course, but just like me, I yelled out a thank you, the man claims uh, his, her grandma told him, I was not afraid of the whistler at first. I figured it was a neighbor or even a hiker passing through just out of sight, but who could see me. I waved for the fun of it and continued my chores. Uh, the sounds reportedly continued throughout the summer until, she says, the uh, man reporting the event, uh, the woman noticed some odd footprints. They were huge, and I mean really big, twice the size of my own, and when I stepped into one, it had to be at least 17 or 18 inches. That must have blown her fucking mind. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to find some Bigfoot tracks. Oh my god, yes. As with all alleged Bigfoot stories, one thing led to another, and as it turned out, they were also friends with a sheriff and called him over to investigate the incident. The officer believes the ruckus was caused by a pair of homeless people. He told his grandmother to keep her gun handy. I decided at that point to have the sheriff out again and let him know that I will be shooting first from here on out. (laughs) She is quoted as saying jokingly. Uh, But the whistles and the fun came to an end when the sounds became more of a gibberish talk. I was laying down for bed one night when it started, she allegedly said. The trailer was one of those newer, fancier ones I got. The walls, however, well, they were pretty thin, to tell you the truth. I swear sometimes I could hear the crickets outside, even when the windows and the place was locked up for the night, she reportedly said, possibly forgetting that you can hear crickets even outside of cement homes. (laughs) I like how he put that in there, because I definitely would have questioned that. Like, yeah, yeah you could just hear yeah. the crickets. Yeah, you can always yeah. hear crickets. Always. They're it's real when, loud. That's when you don't hear them. That's well, when, when you scary. live in your trailer all your life, you just think things are normal. Yeah. <laughs> the gibberish turned into some type of Japanese. <laughs> just like the state Asian. trooper from one of our latest stories told us. The problem was that she could not understand a word they were saying. She supposedly could hear the two, two of the creatures chit-chatting, so she grabbed her gun and went outside to tell them to get off her property. Get off my property or I'll shoot. Yep. Get off my land. That's what I would <laughs> she, expect her to uh, say. Ironically, she speaks all languages but Japanese. That's how she figured it must be Japanese. <laughs> 
His grandma described the beings as tall and heavy and very much like regular people. But alas, she could not tell they were people because of the reported lack of sight. Uh, you know Wait, this is right in the what? Jim Crow area, too. So she decided to shoot the talking beings. Oh my Wait, so she couldn't really tell what the fuck they were. And she's like, I'll just shoot them. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you know, on her property, she Trailer has every park. right. What? I, just, I lifted my gun just over its head and pulled the trigger, and they were gone in the blink of an eye, and they were gone up the ravine and back up the mountains. A few nights later, says the man, the two creatures came back to cause some damage to her granny's trailer home. They were mad, I suppose. Mad I shot at them, maybe. I don't know. He recalls as a woman oh telling him. Oh, my God. It was mid-October when the windows were smashed. Uh, her trailer was shaken so strongly that the family pictures fell off furniture, and one of the creatures allegedly peeked through the bedroom's window. That was the worst part, I <laughs> guess. Something appeared, a face, an ugly, hairy, red-eyed face that scared me to death. It stood there bent over a bit looking through the window, and I swear it could see me through the dark. Its face was not really human, but it did have some ape-like qualities to it. Sounds so racist. That's all I... I just <laughs> imagine this is like a really racist old lady. Well, these guys are like big. So fearing to get attacked on account of her previous shooting, she decided to use her shotgun again and hit one of the creatures. Wait, she, I, she shot it? or she yeah. like? Wait, she actually hit it? Swung I, it. She said, I know I hit it. It turned and ran quicker and faster than anything or anyone I'd ever seen run, and it let out a scream as it did. The man goes on to say that his grandmother told the sheriff about her shooting of these human-like creatures and that the officer believed, believed her, but surprisingly, the man's parents didn't buy the story. And to this day, they still not, do not believe me. Wait a minute. So if someone told the police, hey, I think I shot a humanoid thing... Right. Wouldn't the police be like, "Hey, you think you shot a person?" Not in the 1960s. They would yeah, they're just like, "Oh, well, guy. they were." Yeah, he was on on your land, so you shot him. You know. I, they should know better. The I, end. I, okay, I I don't know. I can't process that. Yeah. Well, there, it didn't kill it, so like I guess whatever. I guess it's no harm, no foul. Yeah. Uh, I or mean, little harm, no foul. Maybe it messed it up or something. What do you think? Like uh, maybe a bigfoot skin is maybe a little thicker. Maybe I don't they know. Have a thicker real hide thick muscle too. I don't believe that this was Bigfoot. Either she's just batshit crazy shooting in the dark, or it was some people that she didn't know, she's and an she old probably fucking lady. shot somebody. Like it, I don't know. This feels like bullshit. So it's it's like, yeah. It, I guess it's in the Pacific Northwest, in the middle of nowhere. So yeah, well, this is Niagara. Is that? Isn't that? It was, no, it was in Washington. Niagara, Washington. Oh, okay. Not New York. I didn't realize there was another one. Yeah. Uh, here's a creepy Bigfoot photograph from Canada. We don't have to spend too long on this. I just want to see what you guys think. Uh, in 2011, Samuel Hodzik was reportedly walking with her dog in British Columbia's Teapot Hill Hiking Trail, Canada, when she came upon a primate-like creature. Hodzik claims that as she began uh, changing music in her iPhone and not really paying attention to her surroundings, her canine friends started barking. I noticed there's something about 50 feet ahead of me, she said on Bigfoot Encounters. It was in the bushes. The Canadian woman who reported being scared and frozen said she kept staring at the purported animal until she decided to take a picture with her iPhone 4. She added that she used a full zoom in order to snap a closer picture. The creature, she said, featured a long face and bigger forehead with brown hair all over its body. Hmm. It was about 9 feet tall and looked like an ape. I believe I saw a Sasquatch. So, All right. Let's do you have this it. over here? Yep, I see it. Okay, cool. Let's, uh, you always get tricked by these. 
Yeah, they always have to play like a minute and a half of bullshit. Of bullshit. Yeah, here Fucking we go. stock photos. So there it is in the. Oh, that right. looks like an old man. It does kind of look like a weird old man. It looks like man. a weird old man. Or maybe like a ghost. Like I don't he's know. just poking his head out going, I'm peeking on you. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> it does look, it's got like a... That's an old man. It's got like some human features for sure. Oh, weird. It, it, that's very human. Yeah, it looks like a homeless guy. Yeah, that, like a, that's a homeless man. <laughs> looks like he's wearing a tank top. Yeah, look at Grizzly <laughs> Adams' uh, beard. Yeah, that could just be a hobo. That's a hobo. <laughs> like yeah, a homeless person. there have been times where I'm like maybe that was a homeless person blah 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 no that is confirmed a fucking hobo I know the witness account though says is nine feet tall yeah but you know I mean there's some tall ass hobos maybe it was a tall ass hobo that would be crazy if you would just encounter like I would be more afraid of a nine foot tall person in the woods the than Bigfoot? I would be if I saw a Bigfoot well but here's I would the, actually be more afraid. They, I'm sure it wasn't nine feet tall. It's just like, how big of a fish did you catch? And then every time you tell the story, the fish becomes bigger. Yeah, you see someone who's like 6'5". You're like, that guy's like eight feet tall. Yeah. It was, so probably, probably, just, it was probably just Ted Nugent taking yeah, his shit. If I saw somebody <laughs> taller than Jared walking around, I'd be like, that guy's fucking eight feet tall. Because Jared's way taller than me. Jared's, well, Jared's seven feet tall, so yeah. Yeah. Be, yeah. <laughs> Seven feet Jared's tall. Jared's the shack of Florida. 100% muscle. Yeah. <laughs> Jared, Jared is a big man. <laughs> the white shack. He weighs over 800 pounds. <laughs> All of it in his Seven feet. Seven feet tall. His feet are the size of bricks. 80% muscle, 10% cheesecake. <laughs> cheesecake. Gotta have that sweetness. Yeah. Some mm. sweet boy. Strawberry. <laughs> oh. All right, moving on. Um... And UFO news, aerospace executive absolutely convinced there are aliens on Earth. Okay. Oh, I saw this. This is cool. Yeah, in an eye-opening interview on 60 Minutes last Sunday night, aerospace mogul... Why does this not... It always takes twice to cast the tab for some reason. Hmm. In an eye-opening interview on 60 Minutes Sunday night, aerospace mogul and entrepreneur Robert Bigelow said he was absolutely convinced there were alien visitors to Earth. Most of the segment focused on how NASA and the Las Vegas-based Bigelow Aerospace are in the partnership to develop an expandable craft for humans to use in space. Bigelow's far-reaching vision puts him right in the middle of a new privatization of space, a race that includes billionaires Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. In the following video, Bigelow describes a typical expandable system used uh, on future space flights. And Richard Bronson. I I, I feel like people keep leaving him out. Yeah, Bronson. people do keep skipping him. Yeah. Richard, not his... He was the first. Yeah, he just has like a plane that goes to space though, right? Uh, I mean, for now. Is He's that the Virgin Mobile guy? Yeah, the Virgin Mobile. That, yeah. that guy is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was the first He's, he's the last adventure, he's the last uh, adventure billionaire. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, people did say that he was nuts when he started doing it. Now all the billionaires are getting in yeah. on it. But now they don't give him any credit. Yeah, They're just like, uh, he's, he's He was crazy. definitely the fucking first one to start wanting to do that. Uh, here's a, Here's a, a transcript from the 60 Minutes interview. Uh, Logan, do you believe in aliens? Bigelow, I'm absolutely convinced. That's all there is to it. Logan, do you also believe that UFOs have come to Earth? Bigelow, there has been and is, and is an existing presence, an ET presence, and I spent millions and millions and millions. I probably spent more as an individual than anybody else in the United States has ever spent on this subject. 
Logan, is it risky for you to say in public that you believe in UFOs and aliens? Bigelow, I don't give a damn. I don't care. If you're, yeah, yeah. He's got that fuck you money. Yeah, yeah he does. does. He is a billionaire. Logan, you don't worry that some people will say, did you hear that guy? He sounds like he's crazy. Bigelow, I don't care. It's not going to make a difference. It's not going to change reality of what I know. You know what? No, I'm he's rich enough guy. that nobody's ever going to say he's crazy. Yeah. They're going to say he's eccentric. Yeah. <laughs> when give you, me that money. <laughs> once you have more than like $5 million, you're no yeah. longer crazy. Yeah, yeah. you get you're, to you're be eccentric. eccentric. Yeah. <laughs> like, nope, I believe aliens are here, and uh, I'm rich enough to tell disclosure, you Full uh, disclosure, Deuce Bigelow here is uh, opening up a chain of alien hotels. Ah. Uh, he, asked, uh, he was asked uh, if he thought future space missions would result in any encounters between humans and aliens. Bigelow said, you don't have to go anywhere. It's just, like, right here under people's noses. Ooh. So I want to know what this this yeah, guy what has the he answers. Know? He spent millions and millions yeah, of dollars, and he's not sharing it with know? us? You know what, dude? I believe you. I believe aliens exist, so I am totally willing to look at your evidence without a skeptic's eye. Yeah. yeah. I just want to read it. Yeah, I just want to read it. Come on, let I me see. I am also willing to accept a grant to investigate this further oh for you. Oh my god, mm -hmm. please. I will take as much money as you are willing to give me. I will dedicate my life to UFOlogy. UFOlogy? UFOlogy. 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 Have you guys seen any UFOs lately? No, actually not. No, I've been I looking. Saw, yeah, I saw an I aeroplane. You saw an aeroplane? Yeah. I saw a well, dog hot ones. darn. Yeah. I saw, I saw. But I couldn't identify it, so it was an unidentified flying object. Uh. So, uh, moving on, uh, there is a new Roswell witness. Like uh, in Roswell? Alive? No, no, no. There's a new witness. His, uh, his testimonies come forward after his death. Ah. Oh. Hmm. Is it James Comey? It is actually James Comey. They asked him under... No, I'm just kidding. Oh, Lauren just thought to, it was real. I was about to shit my fucking pants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The, US, the Roswell UFO crash happened, says Witness. Uh, the infamous Roswell UFO crash really happened, a Texas cop claims in a newly surfaced interview. Sheriff Jess Slaughter and his deputy Charles Foggus... Sounds like a... TV duo. Yeah, yeah. Slaughter and Fargus. <laughs> Charles Fargus uh, heard police radio reports of a crashed aircraft in early July 1947 and decided to investigate. Uh, when they came across the site, the pair saw alien bodies being loaded onto trucks. Mr. Fargus says in a 1999 interview that's never been made public before. The bodies must have been five feet tall, he explains. I saw the legs and feet on some of them, and uh, they looked like our feet. The skin was a brownish color, like they were in the sun too long. There were soldiers there, about 300 or 400 of them. They were asked to leave about 20 minutes later. Okay. The newly surfaced interview was uh, recorded and conducted by private investigator Dina Short in 1999 and is revealed in her new book, UFOs Today, 70 Years of Lies, Misinformation, and Government Cover-Up, written by Dr. Irina Scott. Is she an actual doctor? Are you allowed to just say you're a doctor? Yeah, you can just yeah. say you're a doctor. That's uh, Dr. Phil does. Yeah. Oh, it's true. Right. He, no, he just changed his first name to doctor. That's what no. I do on his last my, name to Phil. That's what okay. I do on my magic band when I go to Disney. It says Dr. Lauren Lance. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> uh... The book features the testimony of a former U.S. sheriff's deputy who is an alleged witness to a UFO crash in Roswell, she said in a statement. The, this gentleman's unique testimony will be published here for the first time. Though the media initially reported a flying saucer's crash, the Army quickly swooped in and to clarify it was just a weather balloon. That killed the story until the late 1970s when UFO researchers beginning, began claiming publicly the U.S. government had covered up an encounter with extraterrestrials. In the 1990s, the Army revealed the debris 
was actually a top-secret balloon designed to detect atomic weapons tests by the Soviet Union, and the alien bodies witnesses claimed to have seen were just test dummies. Mm-hmm. What do you guys make of that uh, statement? Because they mm-hmm. have come out publicly and said that. Sounds like a little bit of bullshit Sounds to like me. bullshit. It's just a better excuse that we like. We got to come up with a better yeah, excuse than a weather let's balloon. Let's make something more believable. <laughs> well, no, it was designed uh, to, to find nuclear tests, and that's why it was secret. It was yeah. sunlight glinting off of swamp gas. My thought on this is like, okay, so you have bought. All right, so let's say they're not UFOs. The only other thing that it could be, so you have bodies that are like more brown than usual, that are five feet tall. Yeah. What if well, they're they just say like, that they're test dummies? Well, they're like test dummies, but I'm thinking like, what if these are just like. Maybe like somebody in Asia was able to figure out how to make a wait, different type of shit. Wait, wait what? a minute. You think that the Roswell UFO crash was it a was couple of Chinese guys? No, no, I'm not saying Chinese communists. I'm saying like maybe it was a Japanese. Like a couple of Japanese guys in a in a hot air balloon. Yeah. Is that what you're were saying? they also wearing coolie hats and they just no? Had their I'm, front not front that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if anyone wanted to fuck us over in the 40s, it would probably be the Japanese. So maybe they come up with something cool. Like that's <laughs> something cool. <laughs> I'm just, UFO. I don't know. I would think for that location, it'd probably be the Hispanics. Yeah, because it was in New Mexico. So yeah. those guys they're doing short, a- they're brown. <laughs> there you go. Oh, it was probably racism. ancient Mayan space travelers. <laughs> the show. The show is brought to you by racism today. Uh, okay. Jesus, Lauren. But if anyone on. in the '40s wanted to fuck us, it was the Japanese. I think. I think it was aliens. Yeah. It's probably aliens. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I think that if that's what they built to like try and come at us, why <laughs> would they? Balloons. Why would they use uh, the kamikaze airplanes that they bomb poor Homer with? Yeah, that's true. And not spaceships. Well, 1947. Would I don't be know. After. I don't know why we're arguing about this still. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's the stupidest thing to come out of my mouth in like two days. So after uh, we got a new uh, Bermuda Triangle disappearance. Was it oh, me? Yeah? Plane of a young family yeah, was goes missing us? over the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it would seem that the Bermuda Triangle is responsible for yet another plane gone missing. ABC News is reporting that a plane leaving Puerto Rico headed for Florida was lost somewhere over the Triangle. Really? Debris was found 15 miles east of Ethuria, Bahamas, Eleuthera, Bahamas, during an 8,200 square mile, 30-hour search. What the fuck is so that? That's the all gr- they found. Is that a big? Pot of mashed potatoes. I thought it was vomit for a second. I don't know Slush. what it is. Yeah, some sort of mechanical thing. It looks like uh, some fiberglass with duct tape on it. That's uh, what planes. Mash- that's what planes are made of. Some mashed potatoes. Fiberglass and, du- <laughs> and duct tape. <laughs> a pot full of frosting. Okay, the family Cherry consisting flavor. of Jennifer Blumen from New York. 40, her two sons, ages 3 and 4, as well as Nathan Ulrich, 52, from New Hampshire, were flying in a twin-engine Mitsubishi MU-2B. Miami Air Traffic Control reported they lost contact with the flight just three hours after takeoff. The Coast Guard has also reported that no adverse weather could have caused the crash, and it was clear weather the whole way, which leaves mechanical or human error as the next probable culprit. Oh, no, it's a Japanese plane. It was Gremlins. It was definitely gremlins. Unfortunately, it seems that this latest strategy will join a long line of mysterious disappearances in the Bermuda Triangle. Well, so, yeah, it, it that's is a, sad that that happened. But. but I mean, I don't know. I just don't put a lot of weight behind that because people travel through there every single day. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. I basically lived six months in the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. When I was on the cruise ship, like that was our route. Where did you go to right Bermuda? No, we were right there in uh, the Bahamas. Oh, okay. So you just just right in the middle of it. Right yeah, there. people people travel through there travel through there often enough where a plane crashing or a boat getting sunk 
It just, it just happens every it, once it in a while. Ha- I it's going to happen eventually. I will say the most obvious UFO I've ever seen was in the Bermuda Triangle. Okay. I will say and Stuart, Was it just a flying saucer? Uh, yes. Uh, Stuart, who was on the cruise ship with me and was there at the time, we were hanging out on the top deck, and we look up, and there's this light, looks like a flying saucer, and it's going diagonal, diagonal, like it's flying up this way, and then it'll go back the other way, but continuing to go up on these diagonal lines. Probably just a couple of Filipino guys on a hang glider. (laughs) (laughs) Why would they be Filipino? I don't know, (laughs) because you said Asian guys. He's fucking with me now. (laughs) Just a couple of Filipino gentlemen in a hang glider. But that was the, the lantern most legit on it. UFO, a UFO I ever did, I ever saw, because nothing flies like that. Yeah, that is cool. It was really cool. I don't know. There so could be. I'm like, I'm kind of, I kind of feel weird about the Bermuda Triangle now because there is John's point of like people go through there all the fucking time. Eventually, someone's going to get fucked. Yeah. Um, but the most real UFO I've ever seen was right in there. So. Well, so there be. might be something to it. Something to yeah. it, yeah. So I guess hands down, Japan did it. <laughs> Moving on Gremlins. to the legend the and anymore, curse Jared. of Maul Dyer. Ooh, dirty. The legend of Maul Dyer is just about everything you'd want from a great American folklore. You have a frontier town filled with God-fearing, hard-working frontier folk. You have your supposed witch living on the outskirts of town. And you have terrible weather making everyone's life absolutely mis- miserable. Is this a D&D game? No, this is a uh, this is uh, actual uh, witch curse. Oh, okay. It's in the small Maryland town of Seymour Town. Seymour Town. It all starts around the year 1697. It is said that Maul Dyer lived in a small cottage just outside of town, and that prior to 1697, she had been largely ignored by the people of Seymour Town. Now we should take a quick break from here for a moment and explain that there is quite a bit of dispute as to whether Maul Dyer even existed in the first place. But they, I, no I don't shit. Know. I mean, yeah, they still they have immigration papers from someone named Mary Dyer. So, I mean, it seems likely that she was it a real person. Nick- oh, yeah, it says it right is. There, it's, it's a nickname, a nickname yeah. yeah. By all accounts, Maul had been uh, left to build her cottage outside of town and left alone. She had become somewhat of a town healer, specializing in growing and farming rare herbs, which she would then trade back in town for other girls. So, typical witch. Okay, yeah. yeah. She like, has herbs. She knows she's things healing. about... Yeah, healing that most people don't. Right from the get go, they're uncomfortable with her living in town. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's, she's too intelligent. More intelligent than that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, witchcraft witchcraft trials had begun in Maryland as early as 1654, but for the most part, the people of Seymour Town had left Mall alone. Unfortunately, that was about to change. The events that led to Mall Dyer being chased out of town are very unclear, but from what we understand, they are twofold. The first is that the winter of 1697 was particularly brutal and quite unrelenting. I'm sure they blamed her for that. Yep. A married, intelligent woman. Easy person the to blame. The second is that there was a great epidemic of some sort hitting all of southern Maryland, almost uh, likely to be influenza. The end result of both of these factors was uh, people were sick and many more were dying. So it was a real bad flu outbreak. Back in the day, like, if people just started getting the flu, you just die. Yeah. yeah. Like, Medicine was so bad, you're just dead. But, you know, here's the thing. I get the flu all the time, and sometimes I don't take medicine for it, and I don't die. So, so I wonder why it is they died of the same You've shit. You've been inoculated. Well, yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Well, even if you don't get a flu shot, like, I, I, we, I think we've just become more resistant to, to flu over the years. That would make sense to me. Yeah. 
Uh, also, like you, it's not like you don't take anything. You do take like orange juice and Gatorade. Oh, yeah. orange juice and like ibuprofen. Yeah, these people had like dirty water and like. Yeah, yeah I they guess had, that doesn't yeah. make it dirty better. Dirty water, the inability to bathe whenever they felt yeah, like half, it. Half half rotted, air. half rotted salted meat. Ugh. Yeah, like, they couldn't call out of work. They had to go in and work. Yeah, yeah in the fields. Yeah, I suppose. Well, that's if it's true. winter, you know, it's, and it's freezing cold, and you yeah, live they didn't have indoor shack. heat. Mm. Yeah, uh-huh. so it's just you just have it way better, so you can get over that shit really easily. <laughs> uh, surrounded by death and fear, the townsfolk noticed that their enigmatic healer was doing just fine out there in her cottage outside of town. That's yeah. because she's not around anybody <laughs> that has the flu, <laughs> yeah. and she knows how to keep herself fucking healthy. She probably bathed. Right she probably washes her hands after wiping her fucking ass. Well, you can't get the flu if you don't go around anybody with the flu. True that. <laughs> Even if she doesn't, you know, you can't just get the flu. No. Uh, so they've always been suspicious of Maul, but now they had reason to accuse her of witchcraft. Oh my god. As the legend goes, on the coldest night of winter, they formed a mob with pitchforks and torches in hand, and they went to chase down Maul Dyer out of her cottage and into the woods, never to return. She's not sick, and she keeps offering us stuff to make us feel Look better. Look at her run. Burn her. <laughs> Look at her run. She's obviously guilty. Yeah. <laughs> Days after chasing Maul into the woods, her frozen body is found, kneeling in front of a boulder, one hand clawing to its surface, another stretched upwards towards the sky. From here, the story takes a haunting twist. It's said that the men responsible for Maul's death all take a terrible turn for the worse. They get sick, livestock die, lands become barren, and so on. This curse follows their families even through death, often through generations. Damn. Okay. The woods around Maul Dyer's cabin become cursed, too never being able to grow crops again. It's even said that a lady in white can be seen late at night wandering the woods, especially on cold winter nights. So here's the rock. Oh, did I not Chromecast this? Yeah, you haven't Chromecast it yet. She died in front of this rock? This is where she died with her hand on this rock. Oh, I imagined a much bigger boulder. Yeah, I thought it was a bigger boulder, too. Yeah, Yeah, the boulder that is found with Ma also becomes famous. It was moved to the Leonardtown Courthouse in 1972 and comes with its own curse now. Anyone touching the boulder can become terribly ill and experience terrible pain. They need a sign by that bit. Yeah, Yeah, like, do not touch. Cursed. Don't touch. Cursed. So we just assumed everybody thought it was cursed. We, we just, who we doesn't know it's cursed? I don't, I don't know. If you put a sign on something that says don't touch because it's cursed, I feel like people are going to try to touch Well, then they're, they deserve Why to be cursed. Why move it the middle of fucking town? Why oh, yeah. just leave it in the <laughs> Listen, woods? I know all three of you, all three of you in this room will be like, I want to nope. see. No, nope. nah, I don't mess with that kind of stuff. I would never do that because we there's did. No, there's no reward no. if I. There's no reward if I if I don't yeah. if I touch it and don't get cursed. Yeah, nothing good happens. Yeah, nothing. It's just and normal. I can prove. I can prove that I'm consistent in this. If you go back a couple episodes, we were talking about the guys that had their traveling cursed items mobile. Oh yeah, I remember those. And guys. I said I wouldn't touch any of those things unless I had fucking like two layers of gloves on. So I'm consistent. You know the curses can be transmitted yeah, cur- through curses rubber yeah. aren't like the flu. <laughs> it's not like rubber gloves will save you from a curse. I don't you know that. I can't be. An <laughs> it's not AIDS. It's like I don't know that, so it must be true. You don't actually, but you don't know that. You don't know that. Don't worry, I had my trusty mittens on when I touched the cursed rock. Have you ever heard of a curse that happened when someone was wearing gloves? No. There you (laughs) fucking go. I've never heard of a curse happen when someone wasn't wearing gloves. There are, no one's wearing gloves when they touch this a This is olden item. times. Why People not? wear gloves all the time in olden no times. No one true. 
If they get cursed from a cursed item, it's because they're not wearing gloves. You know what? I believe this. I really do. I'm not even fucking. If the with curse you. only works if you're if you're barehanded, I don't know. That's just that seems like a like weird curse. curse. No, it's just it's flush to the cursed item. Just, yeah, as, as long as uh, you're wearing a pair of medical grade gloves. What if you wash your hands directly after touching? The no, you. It's our. It's transferred. Then the curse is like. But quit. you don't have an open wound on your hands. Okay, but what if you like scrub real hard and it gets off that first layer of no, skin? No, and that's with you now. But like. Like the the gloves. What if you burn off? all your fingerprints off? Then it can't tell that it's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then it can't. Yeah, what if you get rid of your social security number? <laughs> you go completely off the grid. <laughs> this curse is looking well, for me. What man. if you get off Facebook forever and then it can't stalk you online? So, uh, uh, fun fun fact. Uh, this is Mal Dyer is the witch that they base the Blair Witch Project on. Oh yeah, no shit! I, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. So this. Uh, she sounds like she was a real witch, and she probably deserved to die in the forest. Well, no. I mean, it, does, it, it obviously, you know, facts have proven that she was a real witch. If there's yeah. a real curse. That's true. Yeah, there's if there's a, a real curse, yeah. then they were right, and I don't feel sorry for her. Well, no, what? All right. They were right to have chased her to the woods to die. Maybe, but maybe they're like, mm, I don't know. If, I don't maybe think... she was only a bad witch after they killed her. Yeah, maybe, maybe she's like, you know what? I've tried to keep these fuckers healthy. I've tried to teach them how to use herbs. And what do they do? They wake me up in the middle of the fucking night with pitchforks. Fuck them. Fuck them. And all I did was suck the life force out of their crops and livestock. Yeah, all I did was kill a few babies. <laughs> no, but maybe that was circumstantial. It was fucking winter. No, it was she had winter. something to do with that. Yeah, no, she no. did. She did. No. I can tell. Yeah. No, because the curse too closely mimics what happened. She had something to do with it. Yeah. Maybe she cursed him after the fact. She's like, you know what? That's that's what you guys are mad about? Guess what? You get it forever now, nah, fuckers. Guilty. <laughs> guilty. guilty. <laughs> I've decided. Guilty. History. As a, as a man, I have decided. Yeah. Guilty. Witch. <laughs> I'd like to point out, history remains the same. Woman defending the witch. Men all have decided guilty. Uh, I'd well, also like to point out that the person defending this witch, also, also a witch. witch. Guilty. <laughs> guilty. Guilty. <laughs> Burn <Right>. her. <laughs> and that's why in this country... Women cannot legally be judged, or <laughs> cannot legally become judges. Because <laughs> they're witches. Because they're, they're too witches. Emotional. Oh, Jesus! All right, Christ. we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna come back, and in our feature segment, we're gonna talk about High Brazil. Welcome back. Thank you. Welcome. I'm Took here. a nice little break. Uh, oh, shit. Right now, we're going to talk about High Brazil. Woo. Now, uh, if you guys don't know what High Brazil is, it is a legendary phantom Ireland off of I uh, Ireland. Wait, did I say Ireland twice? Yes. Ireland, Ireland. Phantom Ireland. Island off of Ireland. Ireland. Yeah, nope. you got it. No. I think Wait, I got it that nope. time. Ireland. 
Doesn't Ireland just mean no. island? No, Ireland. No, it means land of ire because the Irish. And now are you're angry. saying it wrong. No, Ireland. <laughs> no, now what you're saying it like a yeah, southern legendary phantom island off of Ireland. Yeah, yeah, you're sa- you're saying it like a Confederate general. Ireland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're sounding real racist you're right now. You're sounding really weird. No, Ireland. <laughs> that that's it. So, High Brazil uh, was an island which appeared on ancient maps as early as 1325 and into the 1800s. On most maps, it was located roughly 321 kilometers, or 200 miles, off the west coast of Ireland in the North Atlantic Ocean. One of the most distinctive geographical features of High Brazil on those maps is that it often appears as a circle with a channel or river running through it, east to west across its diameter. Stories about the island have circulated through Europe for centuries with tales that it was the promised land of saints or a paradise where an advanced civilization lived. In Irish myth, it was said to be clouded in mist except for one day every seven years when it became visible but still could not be reached. Kind of like Brigadoon, yeah. But uh, this place is real. Brigadoon, I've been searching for it forever. I can't find it. You never leave Florida to search for Brigadoon, though. Yeah, but I think real hard about it. (laughs) That's the most important thing. Uh, High Brazil is also called a bunch of different spellings of High Brazil. I'm not going <laughs> to read them all. Uh, it is derived from the name Brazil, meaning the high king of the world in Celtic history. It was noted on maps as early as 1325 by the Geonese cartographer Angelo Dulcert, where it was identified as Brazil. It later appeared on the Catalan Atlas in 1375, which placed it as two separate islands with the same name, Ilha de Brazil. In 1436, it showed up as Sola de Brazil in the Venetian map by cartographer Andre Bianco. Attached to one of the larger islands of a group in the Atlantic, this was identified for a time with the Master Island. It would show up again in in 1595 on the Ortilis map of Europe and Europa, Mercator map, and occasionally show up in slightly different locations on different maps over time. So that's what's interesting about... Yeah, it showed up on official maps. People thought it was there to the point where they had to put it on a map. So it begs the question of, are are multiple cartographers seeing the island, or are these cartographers going, here's the original map, let's copy this one. Yeah, we we saw Ireland, so we know Hyperzil's out there, so just go ahead and put it on the map. Yeah. Right. We're not going to bother going to see it. Mm-hmm. There's been uh, plenty of expedi- expeditions in search of High Brazil. In 1480, John J. Jr. departed from Bristol, England, on a journey to find the fabled island, only to come back empty-handed after spending two months at sea. Well, so we know that you eventually have a son, and we know that tri- time travel happens. Yeah, yeah, and then I find it. Well, he finds it. I die in the process. <laughs> in 1481, two more ships, the Trinity and the George, departed from Bristol on an expedition to find High Brazil with no success of either. Interestingly, in 1497, Spanish diplomat Pedro de Ayala Ayala reported to the Catholic monarchs of Spain that John Cabot, the first European to visit North America since the Vikings, had discovered in the past by men from Bristol who found Brazil. This implied someone from one of the Bristol expeditions had actually managed to find it. So it's rumor and speculation that people are getting to it. Yeah. Uh, nearly two centuries later, Scottish sea captain John Nisbet claimed to have spotted High Brazil on his voyage from France to Ireland in 1674. He is said to have sent a party of four ashore where the sailors spent the entire day on the island. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, there they claimed to have met a wise old man who provided them with gold and silver. 
Strangely, the captain said the island was inhabited by large black rabbits and a mysterious magician who lived in a large stone castle by himself. Oh, that's... It's pretty weird, weird, right? All right, that's <laughs> okay. odd. Stop picking that mic stand up. I can hear it. Sorry. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, yeah, that's interesting. Like, a guy... So, there's only one inhabitant of the island in a castle, and he's a magician. With large black rabbits? Yeah. And maybe sure they're just dogs? Satan? It could just be Satan with a bunch of his hellhounds, but yeah. he's... Yeah. A uh, follow-up ex- expedition years. was led by Captain Alexander Johnson, who also claimed to have found High Brazil, confirming Ned Nisbet's findings. In the that, that they said that was the same year? So they said, uh, let's see, it said just said it was a follow-up expedition. Oh. Yeah, so he said, but he says that, yeah, we saw yeah, the Black there. Rabbits, there's this weird old magician. Well, it's just, it's there's there. Didn't curse us. He's got a wizard's tower. <laughs> Uh, in the following years, High Brazil would retreat into anonymity as attempts to find it failed again. Mapmakers started leaving it off most nautical charts. When it was last observed on a map in 1865, it was simply noted as Brazil Rock. The last documented sighting of High Brazil was made in 1872 by Robert O'Flaherty and T.J. Westrop. Westrop claimed to have visited the island on three previous occasions and was so captivated by it that he brought his family with him to see it in person. There, they all witnessed it appear out of nowhere, only to see it vanish again before their very eyes. So maybe it's unstuck in time or something. Or yeah. It's like the island from Lost. That oh, could be that's high, the island. That's, that's it. high Brazil, yeah. 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 Just appears in random places, random times. There you go. So now now we know what we need to do. We gotta get back to the island. We gotta get back to the yeah. island. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> it's the only we got off the island. Yeah. But now we gotta get back I mean, to the island. The article proved that you and your son go to that island. Yeah, yeah that's the true. The Dharma Initiative probably yeah. found it at some point. That's but that's in the side story, the sideways <laughs> uh sideways jump. There are many myths and legends surrounding High Brazil, and some of them the island is home of the gods of Irish lore, and others it's inhabited by priests or monks rumored to hold ancient knowledge which allowed them to create an advanced civilization. Some think that St. Brendan's famous voyage to find the Promised Land may have been High Brazil. Okay, so what happened to the wizard? Yeah, where'd the wizard go? Yeah, we don't know what happened to the wizard. He's just there playing with his giant black rabbits. Well, he must be... Merlin, and he's probably a mortal, and he's uh. Oh, maybe it is Merlin. That would actually make more sense than anything else. It could well, be Merlin. They, call, they did call Merlin the magician, and he's using his tower to hold the universe together. And his black rabbits, yeah. Yeah. they're that's his where pets. The dark tower is. Yeah, that's and the dark collect tower. Collect royalties for NBC's hit show Lost. Yeah. Uh, in one famous UFO encounter, this is pretty interesting, known as the Rendlesham Forest incident, uh, which we've talked about on Something Planet before, but I think this is the first oh, time yeah, we brought I just it saw up. A thing about this. Yeah, it's basically like the UK's Roswell. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's actually... We, we should talk about it on a different show, because there's a lot of really interesting things having to do with the Rendlesham Forest incident. Uh, basically, so they, a strange craft is reported to have landed outside a U.S. military base in the UK. Sergeant Jim Penniston claims to have touched this craft and telepathically received 16 pages of binary code into his mind. He wrote down the code over the next day and had it translated decades later. The code was said to list very specific coordinates of High Brazil and listed the location where ancient cartographers had it mapped. The message also listed the coordinates of several other ancient sites around the world, such as the Pyramids of Giza and Nazca Lines. At the very bottom of the message, uh, coordinates of High Brazil were listed again, along with an origin year of 8100. What? 8100, huh? So maybe, maybe, it's, a, uh, maybe it's an island 
that they've uh, taken out of time, like Mike said, and yeah. it it shows up in our ancient past every once in a while. Huh? Who knows? It could be a it could be there right now, but nobody's looking for it. Yeah. Yeah. An origin year of eighty one hundred. Yeah, that's what it says. So I mean, they could be eighty one hundred BC. What if it was it? E. But what if it was eighty one hundred AD? Oh shit! Oh shit! Yeah, we don't know. While Atlantis may be the most famous lost civilization, High Brazil is better documented and has more eyewitness accounts behind it. The legend could be a story that was passed down through generations from the end of the last ice age when sea levels were lower. For example, the so-called Porcupine Bank, discovered in 1862, appears to have been an island at some point in time. Located about 120 miles west of Ireland, it is a shoal exposed at extreme low tide and where an 1830 chart had Brazil rock located. The bank's highest point is around 200 meters below sea level and was sunk either due to a catastrophe or rising sea level. So they well, found sense. something that they can only see at extreme low tide. So, yeah, so maybe uh, the island sinks and the wizard casts a magic shield over the island. Yeah, while maybe. It's underwater. That could as be long it. as he scores a um, 12 or higher. Yeah. yeah, on his dice roll. Yep. Today, sacrifice black rabbits. Today, no such island called High Brazil exists, and on on any maps or nautical charts, and no historical documents were ever recorded to indicate what happened to it. Mainstream historians simply consider it a case of mistaken identity. With what? Yeah, but there's nothing else out there that it could be. Yeah. Nevertheless, like, it's a particular riddle in history that is likely to be debated and discussed for some time. It's like, all right, I get like, oh, we saw. Greenland and thought it was Iceland. I get it. That makes sense. Yeah, because we, we saw an island where there. Because we now know there. what the mistake was. Yeah, yeah. mistaken. Yeah. You can't mistake the identity for you know ocean for land. Yeah. you don't mistake that. It's it like, could be like an ice age thing where it's just sea rising levels. sea levels took out probably a bunch of awesome civilizations. That's, that's possible. I can. That's the one um, reason for that. That I. I can think it's. I think it's totally an island get. from the future, though. Yeah, I. I prefer Island from the Future. The fact that there's a wizard on it makes me believe it's from the future. Yeah, he's not actually a wizard. He's just got awesome technology. No, we, we rediscover magic in the future. No, he's got an iPad. Oh. But like a really good well, he, iPad. He does have an iPad, but also magic. Oh, yeah, he's got an iPad. It's, it's got like a really advanced Nest system attached to it. That makes like fog and shit. He's got an yeah. He's just got an. App. It's like a like, extreme environmental control. And he just app. loves rabbits. Fog app. It, 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 it controls the environment so well you can decide what time you're in. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh man, it's not enough fog to turn the fog up. And Go you know to thirteen twenty seven. Yeah, thirteen twenty seven. <laughs> feeling feeling thirteen twenty seven. Yeah, he's got to yeah he's got to reappear the islands in order to feed the rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> so they yeah. Don't in die. the future, there's no rabbit food. <laughs> All right, well, that's that's High Brazil. I think it's a pretty interesting tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it is odd that it, it does... It always yeah, it's like, because if it's a mistake, we never fixed our mistake. Yeah. It also has a very specific shape, too, usually. Right. Yeah, with the... The line running, the the line running, running through, through, through it. That is odd. A river runs through. It's like a perfectly straight river, or it's just two islands with the close sea together. in between. That are close yeah. together, yeah. One or the other, yeah. Either way. <laughs> um... Right now, we're going to jump into our newest segment, Spoopy. 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 You're alone in the middle of the night. The phone rings. It's someone you don't know. Or worse yet, it is someone you know. And they're dead. Things have just gotten 
Spoopy. 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 Too spooky. The One Man Hide and Seek, a.k.a. One Man Tag. One Man Hide and Seek is a ritual for contacting the dead. The spirits, which are wandering restless on the earth, always looking for bodies to possess. In this ritual, you will summon such a spirit by offering it a doll instead of a human body. Warning! If you have psychic abilities, you may feel unwell or be prone to accidents during the ritual. Things you need. One stuffed doll. It must have limbs. Rice. Enough to stuff the doll. One needle and one crimson thread. One pail of nail clippers. One sharp-edged tool, such as a knife, a glass shard, or scissors. One cup of salt water. A bathroom with a bathtub and some form of counter. A hiding place, preferably a room purified by incense and ofuda. There must be a TV in there. Preparation. Take out whatever the doll is stuffed with. Once all the stuffing is removed, restuff it with the rice. Clip off a few pieces of your nails and put them inside the doll. Sew up the opening with the crimson thread. When you finish sewing, tie up the doll with the rest of the thread. Go to the bathroom and fill your bathtub with water. Return to your hiding place and put the cup of salt water on the ground. How to do it. Give a name to your doll. The name can be any but your own. When the time is 3 a.m., say, your name is the first it to the doll three times. Go to the bathroom and put the doll into the water-filled bathtub. Turn off all the lights in your house. Go back to the hiding space and switch on the TV. After counting to 10 with your eyes closed, return to the bathroom with the edge tool in your hand. Go to the bathtub and say to the doll, I have found you, doll's name. Stab the doll with the edge tool. Say, you are next it, doll's name. As you take the doll out of the bathtub and leave it on the counter in the bathroom, as soon as you have put the doll down, run back to the hiding place and hide. How to finish. Pour half of the cup of salt water into your mouth. Do not drink it, just keep it there. Get out of your hiding place and start looking for the doll. The doll is not necessarily in the bathroom. Whatever happens, do not spit out the salt water. When you find the doll, pour the rest of the salt water in the cup over it, then spit out the salt water in your mouth onto it as well. Say, I win three times. This is supposed to end the ritual. After this, make sure you dry the doll, burn and discard it later. Most important, do not stop the ritual halfway. You must do it through to the end. This is a dangerous ritual, and I will not be responsible for what happens to you if you try. Actually, I think in this case, I will take responsibility for whatever happens. So go ahead. Other things to keep in mind. Do not leave your house until you have done the ritual. You must turn off every single light in your house when told to do so. You must keep quiet while hiding. You do not need to put the salt water in your mouth during the beginning. You only need to do it during the finishing ritual. Remember, if you are living with someone, you might put them in danger, too. So, I guess if I just start this ritual while Jared's asleep and then just run out of the house, hopefully he'll get killed. Keep the ritual under two hours or else the spirit will be too strong to remove. For safety reasons, it might be best to keep all the doors in the house unlocked, including your front door. As well, have friends close by so that they can come and help you at a moment's notice. Keeping a mobile close at hand would be a good idea, too. Notes. The rice represents innards and also has the role of attracting spirits. The crimson thread represents a blood vessel. It seals the spirit inside the doll. By cutting the thread off, you break the seal and release the spirit you have trapped. 
if you go out of the hiding place without salt water, you may encounter, quote unquote, something wandering around in your house, which may harm you in some way. The way to feel the presence of the something is to watch what happens to the TV. Oh, apparently there's a little video of it here, too. The video clip shows the changes seen on the TV after 40 minutes into the ritual. Nothing really happens, but it gives you ideas anyway. You can hear the changes in the sound. It becomes unsteady, repeats itself like a... What is this ritual even supposed to fucking do? I guess you're just playing hide-and-seek with a doll? God, this is the stupidest. Someone is really bad at writing these things. Well, try it anyway. Email the results. Welcome back. That was spoopy with Endless Mike. Were you guys scared? Did you guys do it? I pooped myself a little. Play hide and seek with the doll. I did. It I, didn't. I. It never found me. I was. I was in the. I was in my hidey hole for three days. I don't do any. I don't do shit with dolls. Dolls scare the shit out of me, even when I'm not doing some sort of oh, ritual. Right. I forgot about. I, I stopped doing it halfway through. I forgot. And just oh. left the God house. Damn yeah, it. I got distracted uh, by TV. Yeah, and I turned the TV on and I was like, "Oh, this is yeah. good." I mean, the doll showed up and sat next to me for a while, but uh, at that point, I forgot we were playing a game. So you guys I just watched old on. episodes of Cheers. We just watched House of Cards <laughs> together. Yeah. No, we we watched. We caught up on uh, Frasier. Oh, nice, oh, nice. And yeah. this Season is two. why I'm a ghost now. <laughs> <laughs> Spoopy. Spoopy. All right, now it's time to talk about you believe in what? 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 This is uh, apparently a thing. Uh, there's uh, eight conspiracy theories about the Denver airport. I love the Denver airport. We but need to go. Field trip. I've been. Uh, I was just traveling like a normal human, though, so I didn't investigate anything. Hey, I was just this, like, this place is kind of weird. Isn't this the same airport where that guy had to live because his country, like, Collapsed. Are you talking about that terrible Tom Hanks movie? I thought it was good. The Terminal. The ter- yeah. <laughs> the yeah. The story about a guy that Wait, had to live. Wait, there's a movie about a guy living in a terminal. Yeah, yeah, it's about Tom Hanks that has to live in a terminal, and then he becomes a construction worker. You know, I always yeah, like, the terminal. I always thought that movie was about someone with like terminal cancer. No, nope. It's no, about it's, a guy who lives in an airport. <laughs> no, it's yeah, it's about an immigrant who gets stuck without a country. It might have been the Denver airport. I don't know. It was based on a true story. Oh was God. it? Yeah. Yeah, actually it was. It actually was. Yeah, it was a guy there was oh, no, a No, this was this was uh, at like Kennedy or JFK one of oh, Yeah, it okay. wasn't at the Detroit airport. Cuz I remember they eventually let him out for a few days to like hang out in New York. <laughs> yeah, cuz basically this guy uh flew was stopping on a stopover on New York. Uh, and war was declared in his country, so no one was allowed to go in and out, but because he was a foreign uh entity with no papers to go anywhere, he wasn't allowed to leave the airport, I'm, and he wasn't allowed to go home. I'm super glad that you've decided to grace us with your expertise on a Tom Hanks movie from 15 <laughs> years ago. Oh, I love that movie. I saw it like six <laughs> times. Tom Hanks should have All right, Denver world. Airport. An insane amount of money went into building it, and not everyone is sure how it was spent. When Denver International Airport opened on February 28, 1995, construction had fallen 16 months behind schedule, and $2 billion over budget. Oh, my God. The final cost of the Denver, Denver airport was $4.8 billion, which is a lot of money. People wondered what, had gone, what it had gone toward. The airport itself is 35,000 acres, which is almost twice as large as the next biggest U.S. airport. So it's, like, gigantic. Uh, the airport's runway looks like a swastika. What? Oh. Hey. Oh, yep. Yeah, it does. Yeah. 
Wow, it does. <laughs> Holy that. shit. An aerial view of the runways at Denver International Airport show that they resemble the shape of a swastika. This is not a typical formation for an airport's runways. However, an airport representative has said that the runways are designed that way so they can be used simultaneously no matter the weather condition. And that so no Jews can fly. <laughs> <laughs> Since none of the runways overlap... Oh, okay, so basically it's it helps because none of the runways overlap, so you don't like you can get more. That's a convenient excuse. Yeah, that sounds like something. It only a looks Nazi like a little say. bit like a swastika. It looks a lot a it's bit enough. like a swastika. Yeah, you're right. It looks enough like a swastika. <laughs> Remember, you guys can check all this stuff out in the show notes. Uh, the airport's dedication stone has imagery from a secret society. To be fair, the Masons are not really a secret society. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they kind of are. If your grandfather, they have a can, secret handshake. Yeah, but if your grandfather can go in, be like, "Hey guys, I like tacos and I voted for Trump. Can I get in?" And they're like, "Yeah, buddy, come here." You don't even. That's you don't even have to have a political leaning. All you have to do is believe in a higher power. Some sort in. of higher power. That's yeah. it. Like. It's not really a secret society. Maybe, maybe it's a secret society, but they want you to think it's just crappy. Oh, do you know. think it's a false flag operation? It might yeah. be. How do you, yeah, every every organization has a trial period. How do you know just like the parts that we think of when we think of that is just the losers who dropped out going, oh, that was lame. Yeah, that was lame. All we did, all they did, did was, was play, picnics. Yeah, they just played pachinko all day. To be fair, I've never heard of anyone drop out. It's true. It's a secret. The airport was dedicated on March 19, 1994, and a capstone was placed inside the airport to memorialize it. The dedication stone displays the Masonic symbol of a compass with a capital G inside. Underneath the symbol, uh, the New World Airport Commission is created with helping fund build the airport. Okay, that's kind of, that, the that's New World disconcerting. Airport Commission. Yeah. Yeah. What is the New World Airport Commission? Airport officials have said that it was a commission for the New World Airport, but the wording calls to mind the New World Order conspiracy. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> conspiracy theorists believe that there has been a small group of powerful people working together in secret throughout history towards establishing a single, all-powerful global airport. Yeah, we know about that. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, government. <laughs> uh, the Masonic symbol ties into this conspiracy. Freemasonry is a very real secret fraternal society. That's allegedly the largest in the world and may have existed as far back as the Middle Ages. Since the secret society has had many powerful members throughout history, people have long been suspicious that the Freemasons were looking to seize power. Perhaps they are involved in trying to establish the New World Order. Or perhaps they just wanted a place to play poker on Friday nights. That could be it. That could be it. I mean... Uh, this isn't helping things. Conspiracy theorists uh, have pointed out that if you add up the numbers in the airport dedication date, you get 33, which is reportedly the highest level of what? Freemasonry. Are you shitting me? <laughs> More helpful, this only works if you leave out March and making it kind of a stretch. Oh. Well, you know, because of uh, leap year. Just yeah. the numbers. Uh, some people think there's a mysterious network of underground bunkers beneath the airport. That's true. Probably. That people I mean, believe that. I mean, this is like Denver's like up in the mountains, so they could make a we lot. We could have of plenty of bunkers tunnels, in there, yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, it's many a new LHC. Many of the conspiracies around the Denver airport revolve around what might might lie beneath it. A former airport construction worker claimed that the reason why the airport was so far behind schedule was because five multi-story buildings were built underneath the airport. 
This same construction worker, as well as others, also supposedly said there was a complex network of tunnels beneath the airport. I think that's believable. It's, I mean, it doesn't take much to imagine that. Uh, these claims led people to theorize that there may be anything from a vast network of underground New World Order command bunkers to post-apocalyptic fallout shelters for the global elite, such as billionaires and politicians. Uh, to a future FEMA construction camp waiting to be nope, used. No, not construction. Camp. That's concentration, concentration camp. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, misread that. Concentration camp waiting to be used beneath the Denver International Airport. Wait, since when I think the most likely thing is that it's a bunch of fallout shelters for global elite. That's what I imagine too. Since when does FEMA do concentration camps? Well, they do like emergency camps, but people say like, well, why do they have guard towers in them? <laughs> like, yeah. It's part, of, it's part of the new. It's part of the new world order conspiracy. Uh, yeah. It's the Illuminati. Uh, there are some creepy, super creepy murals that may show the new world orders takeover. Now these are weird. Yeah, these this, are very, very. This weird. one mural. I mean, ignore everything in the front. That's weird. But if you look in the back, that's a nuclear bomb going off. Yeah. There's no and burning down a forest. And yeah. Then there's like a bird that's flying through a couple of illuminated triangles like a mind cube or something there's like a rack of ribs over here <laughs> with a random there's bullhead a scared boy holding a squirrel Ooh, there's a whale communing with a human being psychically and there's yeah there's a woman creating a penguin with her mind there's a phoenix I believe. there yeah there's a turtle uh, let's see. There's a, a Hispanic Virgin Mary. Whoa, 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 whoa! There's a girl dead. in a coffin. Girl yeah, in a coffin. I think that's a Hispanic Virgin Mary. No, 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 no! Another girl. Three oh, yeah, women. There's three women. There's dead three women, women in coffins. Yeah. Oh my god! There's a well. There's a dead leopard too. Holy shit! No, but there are three women in coffins in this. Yeah. That's pretty weird. What and the, the one in the shit? middle is rising from it. Yeah. Like her head on fire. Yeah, like like she's like got like a halo fucking. What the shit? But the the blonde girl looks like fucking dead. Like yeah. she is straight up dead. Yeah, the one on the other side looks dead as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That turtle what looks dead too. What the shit? Do you think that the murals painted by artist Leo Tanguma tell the story of apocalyptic bio warfare destroying the world as we know it, with the new world order taking over in its place? There's a snow leopard there, and it also looks dead. It looks very dead. Okay, so this one's creepy. Let's move on to the next one. This one is titled "In Peace and Harmony with Nature," and it is meant to ad address the destruction of the environment. This is pretty strange. Same bird again. Flying up there. There's a. Is that a samurai in this picture there's, on the left? I don't know what that guy. There's a guy with a kilt. Yeah, I think there's like all kinds of different people in this. This one isn't as creepy as the other one. It's not as creepy. It's just. Uh, it's just a jumbled mess. It's just weird. I mean, yeah. although the, the title makes sense for there's it. There's snow leopards in that one too. Lots of morning glories, like the flower Here's depicted a, a lot as a morning. This glory. one's creepier. This is entitled "Children of the World Dream of Peace," and it is supposed to represent the desire to get rid of violence in society. Supposed to is a good way. of There's like a it. skeleton soldier holding a rifle. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like children. Like I think the children hit him with hammers. I think I don't know. This is weird. This is too fucking Oh, weird. there's a zoom in. There's a scary Nazi soldier. What Let's the see. fuck? The, the art was chosen through a project selection panel made up of community members and artists and was approved by several government committees and the then mayor of Denver before being installed in the airport. Even if this art has nothing to do with the New World Order, it seems surprising that so many government officials reviewed this art and didn't think people would be suspicious of it. Well, yeah, because they're Illuminati. Well, yeah. Well, this looks normal to me. Let's see. Quick zoom in on the scary Nazi soldier. So that's from this one, 
I just don't see him on there. He's in the bottom. Oh, is that him? Yeah. But he's doing something different. No, that's a, no, that's different, a different one. Spot. That looks like it's at the top somewhere. I yeah, I think I don't think the. I think it's cut off. Yeah, it oh, may not be in the full picture. Yeah, it's there. like a it's like a guy with a hole in his face. It almost looks like a gas mask, but it also kind of looks like he's yeah, like he's a demon or a ghost. Yeah, it's a like it's like a gas mask. A yeah, it's like a gas mask morphed into like a ghost's and face. Here's a zoom in of a quote from a child who died at Auschwitz. Okay. What the Hans Hachaber, 14 years old, died December 18, 1943, Auschwitz concentration camp. That's not a quote from yeah, the that's child. Not a quote, but, but uh, I get what you're saying. Just some super chill airport artwork. Here's a devilish Mustang statue outside the airport. It actually killed its sculptor while he was working on it. What that does. There's a giant blue horse <laughs> with evil flaming eyes. Something yeah, this thing is cr- it's 32 feet tall. So here's my deal with this. Like <laughs> And okay. anatomically correct. Yeah, it's, it's very it's got a anatomically and correct. And a so Luis Jimenez was actually killed by the statue in 2006 before the statue had been completed. A piece of the statue fell on him and severed an artery in his leg. Ooh, oh, call it. It was a dick. Just going to say it. <laughs> Just going to say it. No, but here's my problem. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Go back up a second. Its eyes glow red at yes. all hours of the day and night. Yes. Yes. Why would you want that? Well, it's the soul of the guy trapped in there, obviously. People have speculated the statue is meant to represent the fourth horseman of the apocalypse from the biblical book of Res- yeah, Revelation. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, that just That seems, just looks like it. But here's the thing. Seems like it's garnering the end of the world. If any one of these things individually was at an airport, I'd be like, okay, someone made a weird choice. All but you don't. Yeah, you don't make this choice over and over and over again. Also, a million dollars over budget? Okay. Two million dollars over budget? It's a two billion dollars. <laughs> billion dollars yeah. under budget. Where did that money go? Oh, Underground. It, yeah. Underground. That's only tunnels, motherfuckers. That yeah, it's, tunnels. it's probably a few things. It's probably like labs and food stores and then uh, uh, thousands of uh, uh, sweets. Cryo containers. Cryo yeah. containers, a seed bank, like all sorts of yeah, shit. Yeah, it's probably, probably a cloning stuff. machine like in Bioshock. Yeah. Yeah, I bet if we got down there, there'd be all kinds of crazy stuff. It's probably just ra- it's probably just Raptor from Bioshock down there. It might yeah, very well be. Also, they didn't say it in this article, but the um, the airport itself is designed to look like mountains with snow-capped peaks, but it really just looks like a bunch of circus tents. Yeah, it looks like a circus town. Yeah, it's if you look really at it, here's the picture looking. of it. What the fuck? When you're inside of it, it just looks like you're inside of a giant tent too, and actually. The sun gets in through those like things, so it like lights it all up. I I just I don't understand. <laughs> Somebody. Somebody. Yeah. There's some shit going on here. There's, it looks like a bunch of ghosts. Like I can't tell you what shit it is, but it's some shit. Wait, did they? Uh, okay, so on that picture there, did they censor the faces? What faces? What are you talking about? Like, look. Okay, so look at look at the picture. Go up a little bit. Right there. That picture right there. Yeah. What are you talking like about? All the, looks like a bunch of ghosts or mountains in the background. Yeah. 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 Like, Why are there black bars on some of them? Oh, those are windows, I think. But they extend beyond the borders of the whiteness. No, I think you just need your glasses. They don't. Yeah, right. no, it looks normal. Yeah. It's normal. I, I, yeah, it's nothing n- about this looks normal. Well, yeah, not normal, but it's, it's fine. It's fine. Nothing to see here, folks. <laughs> 
move along. Ignore move the along. giant. Like Get you on. fly over and see that thing. <laughs> Ignore like, oh, the thirty-foot hell horse. <laughs> it's like that's the uh, fourth horse of the apocalypse. That is death's horse. <laughs> that is what you know. Colloquially, we refer to airplanes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally. Until someone tells me otherwise, with proof. It's the dick of the horse that killed that guy. Okay. Yeah, it fell off, cut his leg off, yep. severed his artery. It's like that one guy in uh, Harper's Island. Remember that show? <laughs> yeah. That was an awful show. I liked it, though. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's it for the show, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure you check, uh, hit us up on our email. That's uh, mysteriousnessespc at gmail.com. And uh, check out Mysteriousnesses on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, send us any experiences you've had or any questions that you have or uh, topics that you want to talk about. And remember to give us a review on iTunes and Stitcher. And check us out on Bubba Army Radio 1 every Saturday at 6 p.m. Good night. Thanks for listening, guys. Good night.